Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. While his accent may throw you off at first, there's no doubt about it. Today's guest has had a tremendous college career at Texas Christian University. He was the first player there to finish the season ranked number one in the ITA singles poll and became the first player at TCU to be named Big 12 Player of the Year. He was undefeated in Big 12 matches in his last season, but bowed out of college right before NCAAs in 2017 to turn pro. He went on and won his first ATP matches quickly after that and has seen great success since then. Today, he has several challenger titles under his belt, has been an integral part of the UK Davis Cup team, and is doing his best to grind to the top of the ATP rankings. We're so pleased to have Cameron Norrie joining us on Talk Tennis today. Thank you for joining. Welcome. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. So let's start from the very beginning. How did tennis get started for you? I know people often ask you about your accent. You've got, it, I was doing a little research, South African, New Zealand, UK, a little bit of everything. So let's hear it from you. Yeah, so I was actually born in South Africa. Um, and then I moved to New Zealand when I was very young, when I was probably like three or four. And then just started playing kind of tennis at the local club. Both my parents um, they played squash when they were both pretty decent squash players, but I just started playing tennis at local club, played with my parents in the driveway kind of, and then just got into that. And then when I was probably 16, I moved over to London. Both my parents are British, so um, I was able to kind of switch my nationality to British and kind of play under them when I was 16. And then after that, I lived there for a couple of years and I went to college in the States, went to TCU in Texas and Fort Worth, Texas. And then so, yeah, I've bounced around a little bit, but I would say my accents are kind of a mix between kind of New Zealand and, and British. as a nice. one, but yeah. <laughs> I have a boss that has a bit of a British accent, but he's also been in the U.S. for a long time, so <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Now, TCU has a great tennis program and you came in and you broke a lot of records and you did a lot of things for the first time there. Maybe you can talk about how you ended up at TCU and your experience as a college player. Yeah, so I was actually, first of all, I was signed to University of Michigan and then um, the coach there got fired for some reason and I didn't want to go to a school Mm -hmm. where I didn't know who the coach was going to be and then just chose TCU purely on on the coaches there, David Rodidi and and Devin Bowman both phenomenal coaches and um, they're very genuine people. And um, I think that I had got very lucky to kind of be around such great coaches with like that. And I took a visit there and just got on really great with them. And it's a great little school in, in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, I had a, a good time with the tennis and I was able to have like a very kind of normal life for three years before turning pro and I was able to kind of really knuckle down and, and work hard and um, kind of get the hours on the court and then also kind of have make some good connections and some good relationships at college, and which I was very kind of thankful for. And I think it was a great decision for me as a person, as a professional tennis player. And I think it's definitely given me an advantage over some of the other players that didn't kind of go pro and have that kind of different experience and different life experience. And um, it was a route that I was very thankful to take and I definitely got a bit lucky with the kind of the 
uh, the my teammates that I had and uh, some of the friends I had there, and then also with the the great coaches I had who really kind of had my best interest on the court and off the court. Yeah, that's really cool. I was looking at some of your stats in college and kind of your schedule, and it looked like your last season you were playing some challengers right before college matches started and all of that. Yeah. Now, was there a moment that you said, okay, I need to turn pro? How did your team feel about you deciding to you know, turn pro when you did? Was there any controversy about yeah. that or like, hey, stay on the team for one more month? Yeah. Um, no, actually, the after my sophomore year, I made in the summer after that, I made a final of a challenge and I got up to like two, 250 or 260, I think then. And then I was kind of that whole uh, fall. I was thinking, mm, I might turn pro now, I might turn pro now. And mm-hmm. then I said to kind of Redidi, who's the head coach there, I said, look, okay, I'm going to stay for the following uh, semester, play the year and let's try win the national championship and I'll just commit to the team and it would be kind of harsh, kind of leaving them uh, dry with no kind of time to find another recruit. And I think it was a great decision for me just to kind of stay that extra my junior year and kind of just enjoy college a little bit for the last season and actually had a phenomenal season and ended up finishing number one, which was which is cool. We didn't. We lost in the quarters to to Ohio State. Kind of finishing my co- college career there would have been nice to kind of push on. We had a really deep team there, and it would, it would have been great. But it was it was kind of all set that I was going to turn pro after my junior year. So my my coach knew knew that from the start, and we're all set on it. So it was it was kind of all very understood and they actually wanted the best for me and he said I was ready and I th- he thought I should go pro so he almost told me to go pro which is nice to hear that and obviously yeah. he he would love for me to stay but if he's telling me that I'm ready for the pro tour and that it's a good feeling to have someone that's so genuine to kind of uh, push you away for, for something that he actually wants me to stay so it was it was good to see and I was thankful for, for having him and I still kind of I still practice a little bit there at TCU so it's it's good to have those relationships still. And uh, Devin Bowen helps me and my coach, uh, Faku, out a lot with, with some, some things on the tour. And I helps me with the practice weeks there. So it's, it's good relationships that I've built there. Yeah, for sure. Now, maybe you can speak a little bit about your coach, Roditi. He has a great reputation in the NCAAs. And sometimes transitioning to college tennis is different for a player because they're used to having a coach kind of give them their full attention when they're working with them. And then all of a sudden you're on a team and you're sharing coaches with six to eight to 10 other players. And you can't always be the person that they're focused on, but it also takes a really great leader to lead a team in a positive way. And it sounds like you had such a great experience. So what made him such a great coach? Um, it was, it was both the coaches, Radidi and okay. Devin. I did yeah. probably more time on court with Devin, uh, okay. coach. but I mean, I did a lot of hours with Radidi too, and he was a great organizer and a great motivator for the boys and, and for myself. And um, I think what just, they just make a good combination with having each other. I think they complement each other well. He's very positive, Redidi, and he's very vocal. And then Devin is just an absolute workhorse on the, on the court. He's he's working just as hard as all of us out there, and it's nice. it's very motivating to have a guy like that around who's extremely professional and he knows exactly. They both played professional doubles, and they were very successful. So it's nice to to have guys that know what it takes and then they know. To, have, to know the, the professionalism needed to kind of turn pro. And I think 
it was just a good kind of mixture and, and a good bunch of guys that wanted to work hard and they wanted to 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 get wins. So it was uh, it was just a good mixture with with everyone, with the coaches and the players. Nice. Let's talk about your transition from college to that next step. Now, a lot of people out there kind of have this idea of when you're going pro as a tennis pro, it's so glamorous, but we know that it can be a grind and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of travel. And maybe talk about something that would surprise people to hear about the transition from college to ITF and then even ITF to ATP kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, in college, it's pretty it's unreal. Actually, you kind of have everything taken care of, everything organized for you, and you, you don't really have to worry. You just turn up to places and yeah. organize and everything. So, um, turning pro was just I knew kind of what I was in for. Um, it's just a lot of travel and it's a lot of kind of time by yourself. But I was extremely lucky. I hired one of my teammates that I played on the team with my freshman year, and, and his name's Faku Fukunulagonas. And it was good to kind of have someone to help me the whole time and who I was friends with and then who was also could draw the line professionally. And I think he was, he made it a lot easier for me and helped me a lot. And I was actually, uh, I think I'd, I did it pretty quickly. I mean, I played well right out, right out of college and I was confident. I didn't kind of look back and I just wanted to keep going and keep going. And, and I think that was made it a lot kind of easier and I never was, kind of oh look I've, I've made it now or like I kept my momentum and and I was that was kind of the, one of the best things for me and I know how hard it can be to to kind of push on and I'm feeling that right now I'm, I'm mm. at about ranked about 60 and I've been around 60 for for a while so it's it's tough but yeah definitely what I learned was yeah, you need to kind of have hobbies and other things to distract you on the tour because you're doing you're, you're traveling so much and you have so much downtime. So you just kind of need to, to figure that out. And that took a, a while to kind of to do that. But it, it was all good for me. And I've, I'm happy with my with how I've done so far. Yeah, you've made an awesome transition. And because of your great playing, you've been able to play Davis Cup for your country. Maybe you can talk a bit about the support from those players and how well you fit right in with those guys. Yeah, I mean, that was just unbelievable. I was in, made my debut in uh, Spain away in Marbella. I played Batista Gert on clay there. I was down two sets of love and they ended up kind of coming back and, and and winning it in five. And then we ended up losing the tie, but it was just r- ridiculous atmosphere out there. A lot of the Brits traveled to Marbella, so it was almost felt like a home tie, but Mm-hmm. Um, incredible uh, to kind of beat a guy like that who's top 10 now and he was top 20 at the time so it was a ridiculous win for me and then yeah. and then just to kind of be around the the other players in the team and kind of be with with Carl Edmund who was there at the time and then um, Jamie Murray I mean they're all just very good guys and they've been on the tour a while so I did have a lot of help and support from them and then that just really gave me some confidence and and just kind of kick-started my career and I had a kind of a couple tough weeks before that so that was really really good to kind of get that that win in and then just kind of kick-started my career on the ATP circuit I'd done well on challenges but nothing really yet in the ATP tour so it was unbelievable experience yeah Nice. Now, uh, this could be kind of a harder question, but and you kind of already spoke about it, but I'm assuming we're wanting to go big with our goals, top of the ATP, top 20, top 10. What is it going to take to get you 
into the top 20 and into the top 10 competing with those guys? It's a lot of little things. I mean, the the distance is so small and it's just so, so many things that need to kind of go your way. And I think I just need to keep learning from every experience and, and just keep getting better and better. I mean, just keep improving. And um, there's so many things in my game that I, I can be working on and I need to improve. And um, I think I'm I'm definitely a better player than I was a year ago. And that kind of it can take a while for some results to show, but I, I think I'm improving. And I think just with time and just staying, having the right mentality and I I'm, I'm feel hungry and I want more from the sport and I want more from myself and from everyone around me and my team. So I don't think I need to change too much. I just need to kind of stay stay on it. And I think just kind of believing that, that I'm good enough and mm-hmm. what I do. So I just, we'll see. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Now let's talk some gear stuff at Tennis Warehouse. We're a bit of gear geeks on the court. So what are you playing with? Let's go top to bottom. Shoes, rackets, strings, all that. Yeah. So I use the Nike Vapors. Um, okay. I, I like them in college. Just use them. Mm-hmm. So comfortable. And so I use those. And then I use the Pure Strike, the right. new one. They just came out with like a new paint job, which looks sick. Yeah. It's like red and white. I've used, I used that all kind of through college and they've just kind of kept making it better and better. And yeah, great racket. And I'm just so used to it. So I can't nice. see myself changing. Um, and then I use Aloe Power for string and I string it pretty loose. I string out 44. So. Okay. What apparel are you wearing? Oh, and I, I, I wear less, which is uh, Italian brand. It's kind of old school. Um, yeah. Kind of retro. It's pretty sick actually, but. Um, they're based in, in the UK, so I get kind of all my stuff from them and, um, they've been good to me and I think, I think I do suit it. So yeah, it's a great look. Yeah. 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 Now you talked about, you know, struggling with making sure that you feel good enough to get to the next level. What advice do you give to someone or even what do you do when you're having a bad day or you're struggling on the court? Um, just kind of if you're having a bad day and you're playing tennis I mean you're out on the tennis court it's not it's not like you're in an office somewhere and or like for me I prefer to be in the tennis court than in an office so yeah um you kind of just kind of need to keep that perspective and I mean mean, obviously it's kind of tough at the time you can be maybe a little bit pissed off with with whatever's happening that day but I think just kind of staying staying grateful that you're playing you're in that little percentage of the world that's doing something you love for a living and you might make more money somewhere else if, or something but at least you're doing what you love and you're you're kind of out there on a tennis court so it's it's not all too bad but it's it's tougher to do when you're when you're actually in the moment and I I do kind of struggle with that sometimes but I do have people around me kind of keeping me pretty level-headed so it's it's pretty lucky yeah Nice. <laughs> now, what does one of your best day offs look like? I know you travel a lot, so hopefully you have a day built in here and there where you get to just kind of chill and do your thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of tough on, on the tour to to kind of find things to to have a day off in like a city that you, you're not used to. Or, but I always just kind of try to just, just do something different and, and go see the city, not really do like the touristy stuff, but just like... Mm-hmm maybe go to like a, a cafe somewhere and, and just maybe go to like a park or something. Not like, I don't know, just try to do something cool in, in the city that I am. And and then I'm pretty into music and listen to some music. But honestly, 
nothing too much and it's it's tough when you kind of in between tournaments and um you're traveling you can't really do too much you don't want to like kind of walk all day and then you're tired for the next day right yeah you need to kind of keep it pretty simple and just do some some different stuff that you can't wouldn't be able to do if you're practicing so yeah and what does the future year look like for you like we're kind of at the end of the season well you're in asia right now about to grind out some tournaments but what does 2020 look like for you what are you hoping and expecting i mean more of the same i mean kind of the similar schedule but looking at the start of the year, depending if I get into the ATP Cup in Australia, the new event there, which will be interesting, and I think I would love to play that. But it depends yeah. if I get into the British team. We have a extremely uh, strong team with Andy, Kyle, and Dan Evans in the team. So we'll have to see on that front. And then kind of just – so if I'm not there, I'll start in Doha and then go to Auckland where I grew up in Auckland and play the tournament there. I played well there. Nice. Uh, this year I made the final which was which was fantastic for me and I went I was a, a fan there as a kid growing up so it was, it was pretty surreal to make the final there and then and then obviously Australian Open and then I'll, I'll see from there I haven't really spoken to my uh, coach that much about my schedule after that but I'm definitely playing uh, all those events. Cool that sounds great and that must be fun to go back to your hometown I'm sure everyone loves supporting you when you come back. Yeah, it was incredible. But some some old uh, high school friends there that I went to school with, and then some tennis friends that uh, I made when I was practicing there and everything. So it was kind of nice to for everyone to kind of see me play again, who hadn't seen me play from when I had left to London when I was sixteen. So they wow. definitely got some messages saying that I improved a little bit. So <laughs> very cool. Now, after your first big result, and I'm talking a little bit more, the prize money came through. What was a splurge that you spent money on that you hadn't spent on yourself before? Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't buy anything. Like, I, I didn't change anything. <laughs> I just bought like a, a laptop. I had the worst laptop. I had like <laughs> some absolute huge fossil of a laptop that I just grinded through college with. That's so I bought true. a laptop and then end of last year, I bought my mom a really nice watch for Christmas. And oh, then, so sweet. And then literally two weeks ago, I bought an apartment. So probably <laughs> for my There apartment. you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, took That's a while really cool. To make a big splurge, but I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't buy anything crazy immediately. That's probably for the best. Good level head, it sounds like. Yeah. Now, what's your signature shot? Um, I think it's a shot. I have this shot that my college coach made up. It's called the squirrel. It's like okay. a, I think you have to be left-handed to, to, to do it, but it's like a short uh, inside-out forehand that kind of lands uh, short and it kind of leaves the guy like out of position. Okay. I, I have no idea actually why he calls it the squirrel. He never told us, but we all kind of <laughs> joke about it. Like, oh, you should have hit the squirrel there, like. That's awesome. If you are at BMP, we'll have to connect with you and you'll have to do a video with us teaching everyone how to hit the squirrel. <laughs> next time, next time. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, now, what legacy do you want to leave behind? You're still very young and just starting your career, but what do you want people to know you as? Um, probably just a great, great tennis player. I mean, the guy that kind of competes well and kind of doesn't really give up and and then just like a genuine guy off the court would be nice, probably. Yeah, those are good attributes for yeah. sure. What is your favorite part and your least favorite part about being on the ATP? I think my favorite part, and I think I uh, mentioned it before, is 
just kind of getting to do what I love doing kind of day in, day out. And I'm in that kind of small percentage of the world that gets to do that. And I kind of like the physical and, and the aspect of it and that it's kind of healthy. And I mean, I like competing. I'm very competitive. So probably those things. And then the worst part is, I mean, I like the travel. I, I like it, but it's it gets a lot and it's tough to – you, you kind of make good relationships one week and then you, you're leaving mm-hmm. another place and it's it's great but it's and I think I'm not really struggling with it now but I think maybe in the years to come maybe just traveling too much maybe yeah I'm, I'm young and traveling and I'm I'm loving it right now but I think maybe in the future we could get difficult but for now I'm fine it's definitely a consistent answer amongst many. So I'm, yeah. I think you're, you're onto something there. Yeah. Uh, any last words from you? Anything you want the people to know out there? No, it's all good. But thank you very much for having me on, on of here. Of course. Where can people catch up with you on social, on Instagram and Twitter and all that? Um, yeah, I probably most use Instagram the most. But okay. I don't really use Twitter or occasionally look at it. But yeah, probably yeah, Instagram. My my username's at Nori with two E's at the end. So perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us and taking the time. And we wish you all the best in the year to come and want to keep seeing you climb up those rankings. For sure. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Talk Tennis episode. Do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to let us know who you'd like to hear from next or what questions we can answer for you on one of our future episodes, let us know in the comments or reach out to us on email at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com. And until next time, happy hitting. <laughs>